Now at ReachMD, we are all about informing physicians and medical professionals to help them become better at caring for patients. I asked our guest to be with us today because I think that our listening audience would be really interested in learning about the role of the nurse practitioner in improving healthcare outcomes in diverse populations and what some of the barriers to this model of care are that impacts the ever-evolving healthcare reform. You are listening to ReachMD, and welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Renee Allen, Adjunct Assistant Professor of Obstetrics and Gynecology and Practicing OBGYN Hospitalist. Our guest today is Dr. Patrick Washington, a board-certified nurse practitioner in family medicine. Dr. Washington's work experience resides primarily in critical care medicine, but he also specializes in internal medicine and cardiology. Dr. Washington, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you for having me, Dr. Allen. All right, Dr. Washington, can you give the ReachMD listeners a brief overview of your educational and professional background? Absolutely. Uh, after many years of practicing as a paramedic, I decided to pursue a degree in nursing, and I received a Bachelor of Nursing in 1993 from Prairie View A&M University. From there, I practiced many years as a nurse in a critical care setting, That included every subspecialty, including emergency department, ICU, dialysis, recovery room, some home health. After many years of that, I moved into a management role and decided to pursue a master's of business administration in in healthcare administration, where I worked several years in hospital administration, overseeing operations and teaching and being a preceptor for our nurses. At that time, I decided to return to what to be my first love, and that's caring for patients. And I pursued a master's of science degree as a family nurse practitioner and became board certified in that area in 2007. Wanting to continue my teaching, I continued to pursue a doctorate of health education from A.T. Steele University, Osteopathic Medicine School, and where I received a doctorate in healthcare administration. I now practice as a family nurse practitioner and also as a cardiology nocturnal hospitalist in the critical care division of Piedmont Heart Institute. I'm also an assistant clinical professor of nursing at Georgia State University. Okay, thank you for that overview. So let me ask you this question, Dr. Washington. As healthcare reform evolves, nurse practitioners will play key roles in improving health outcomes of diverse populations. What do you foresee will be some of those roles that the nurse practitioners will will play? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And despite many, you know, positive expansions to the MP role, you know, they they're still continues to be many barriers requiring attention of national and state leaders. You know, when we first, back in 1965, to meet the demands of, you know, underserved populations, the first nurse practitioner program was started. And today, the present-day MP roles assume various different areas that they go to to serve ethically diverse and underserved populations. There's been a really rapid growth of MPs since the initial certification period, and we function in many different roles. In the hospital, we, we function as well in the education arena where we actually teach. We are functioning in laboratories. We are functioning in boardrooms. We have a, a great presence at the Center for Disease Control in epidemiology, in, in healthcare surveillance, in pharmaceutical sales. Even recently, now you see outpatient medicine is exploding into retail and nurse practitioners are leading the way where we are in a number of 
CVS clinics and take care clinics, uh, a division of Walgreens and CVS. So not only are we teaching, we're practicing inpatient, we're practicing outpatient, we're in the laboratories doing a number of research. My dissertation was on outpatient medicine in a cardiovascular setting. So we're doing a lot of research and, and contributing to healthcare reform. Okay, thank you for that overview. So then let's talk about the barriers. What are some of the barriers, in your opinion, that nurse practitioners face in today's healthcare market? One of the biggest barriers, I would say, is it has to deal with state practice and licensure. State licensure regulates NP practice, and, and it is a barrier to NPs practicing it to the fullest extent of their education and training. So licensure and practice laws for NP vary really from state to state, state to state, despite really the main goal of full practice authority. And what does that mean? Uh, it, it simply means that full practice authority is like the collection of state practices and license laws that allow NPs to evaluate patients, diagnose, order, or interpret diagnostic tests. For example, let's just look at some of the barriers that we're talking about. In 21 states, nurse practitioners are allowed to have full practice authority. That would mean prescribing with no limitations, actually having admission privileges to the hospital, actually being able to do a number of physicals and sign off on disability forms, sign off on Medicaid applications, and do a lot of things that in some states, for example, like Georgia, there's very limited access. So those, those probably the state licensure requirements are, are certainly one of the barriers. I would think another barrier is some of the physician-related issues. Some physician organizations, really including the AMA, believe that because physicians have had longer and more rigorous training than NPs, that nurse practitioners are incapable of providing quality safe care at some level. However, there, there are other physicians that recognize that education and training is not the same as their own, but yet they continue to value the nurse practitioner. And, and so those are some of the physician-related barriers that you, you, you often see. One of the last ones that I, I got to really talk about is, is payer policies. Many NPs report that payer policies have a significant impact on the ability to practice to the fullest extent of the license and training. Yet there are some peer options, some peer networks that are open to nurse practitioners practicing, and there are some commercial insurances that, that are not open. So we have those three are the biggest barriers, I would say, probably the peer option, the physician regulations, and the license practice. Thank you for that. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, and I am your host, Dr. Renee Allen, and I'm speaking with Dr. Patrick Washington, a board-certified nurse practitioner specializing in family medicine, internal medicine, and cardiology. Dr. Washington, you were just discussing some of the barriers that nurse practitioners face in today's healthcare market, and you touched particularly on state licensure barriers. We both practice in the state of Georgia, so can you talk a little bit more specifically, particularly in pertaining to Georgia, what are some restrictions that nurse practitioners face? Oh, that's a great question. Well, for example, one of the biggest you know, pitfalls or delays in, in practicing here in Georgia is the inability of the nurse practitioner to have ad- admitting privileges into the hospital. That is still unclear to some of the practitioners or why we don't have those admitting privileges. That's one in Georgia particularly. Being able to prescribe some scheduled drugs are limited in the state of Georgia. Why it's various 
states, the scope of practice is not limited. Here in Georgia, we are limited by scheduling some Schedule II and controlled substances. You are allowed to prescribe. You just have to have a collaborative agreement on file with the Georgia Board of Medicine in order to prescribe some of those drugs. But if you do, and if you and the physician have collaborated together and agree that he or she feels comfortable with you prescribing, they can sign off and, and oversee that prescription authority, and you could actually go off and sign on it. But a lot of things have actually changed, and you know, the ability to make pronouncements, the ability to sign workers' comp claims. Some of those things have changed, and we're still fighting in the legislature to get some of those barriers released. But we still have a few, a little ways to go in terms of getting some things moving forward for nurse practitioners. Do you know of other barriers that exist in other states for nurse practitioners offhand um, that you could give as other examples? Um, I think, believe it or not, Georgia has one of the most restrictive regulations in, in all the states. If Pretty much in most states, you have a full authority practice, and some of the ones I described in in Georgia are some of the ones that don't exist in most states. And and I would think probably in Florida, there is some limitation on prescriptive authority. I'm not quite sure what that is, but there is some also some limited prescriptive authority. But Georgia actually has leads the leads the nation in in some restrictions for uh, nurse practitioners. I see. I didn't know that. Okay, that's good information. So let's move on. As mid-level providers become more popular, what collaboration do you see that must exist between the physician and the mid-level provider for care to be successful? Well, that's a great question. You know, really paying attention to the gaps in quality may provide a focused direction for collaboration between the physician and nurse practitioners. I think collaboration between physicians and nurse practitioners as members of really of of an interprofessional team is really an important aspect of achieving what is the triple aim of healthcare. As nurses and nurse practitioners strive for independent practice, collaboration, you know, can be used as a tool to really educate physicians about the role of NP because I think a lot of it has to do with just the education that the physicians have. A lot of physicians have not worked with mid-level providers, so they're not they're not aware of the scope of practice of what they could and, and could not do. But I, I will go on and say collaboration between physicians and MPs is a fundamental part of healthcare transformation. And it really, really requires that we anticipate some of the needs. It would make sure that we take a look at some of the current health policies, evaluate some of the evidence and the outcomes that nurse practitioners have, you know, advance the diagnosis and the management that nurse practitioners are capable of. And I think just that collaboration would be taking an intellectual approach to it and, and not an emotional approach and would increase the knowledge and understand what the MP roles are through this interprofessional collaboration between the two. Okay. Given the shortage of primary care physicians and providers, how do you foresee the nurse practitioner contributing in order to close that gap? Well, I I certainly see that with healthcare reform, there's certainly a, a need for additional primary care providers. I I was just reading the IOM report, and we were talking about the four significant policy regulations, and one of those are to increase primary care providers. So one of the things we've done at Georgia State, we've received a lot of funding 
to increase the number of nurse practitioners coming through the program because we realize as more patients are insured, that the more, more, and more the shortage of primary care providers will increase. So we are really supporting the idea of nurse practitioner-ran clinics where the nurse practitioner is able to perform independently with a supervising physician and able to handle the care and really the overflow of those folks that are using emergency rooms as primary care. So we really want to push more and more education, more programs, more doctorate of nurse practitioner programs so that they can get extensive training and how to manage and and what it takes to run a clinic and how, what it takes to be successful and get that financial training. So really, really our goal, even in academics, we are preparing nurse practitioners during the last semester of classes on writing grants, on, on how to conduct research so they can get grants to open up these nurse practitioner-ran clinics so that we can kind of fill this gap and fill these critical access areas that we currently have due to the shortage of primary care providers. Okay, thank you for that. That was a great explanation. Dr. Washington, in the final few moments of the remaining time of the interview, do you have any final thoughts that you would like to leave the ReachMD listeners? Certainly. I think need to be more dialogue between whether nurse practitioners and physicians can collaborate together. I think the level of physician supervision appears to have the greatest impact on MPs' ability to practice to the full extent of their education and training. And despite that, I think the the whole nature of the collaboration between physicians and nurse practitioners is improving. We are certainly able to do a lot more things that we that we did not do before. And I see that physicians are really evaluating. I always say that I am in a great position because ultimately the physician is the guide in the care but I get a chance to do some of the things that he or she would do and be a part of the team that help improve outcomes. So I think things are going great. I think we need to move a little faster because of the healthcare shortage and because of the primary care shortage, should I say. But I think things are moving in the right direction, and I think as long as the American Association of Nurse Practitioners and the American Medical Association would do some collaboration to decide what is the best role for mid-levels on nurse practitioners, I, I think things will move in a great direction. Right. I do agree with you, Dr. Washington. Many thanks to Dr. Patrick Washington for providing our listeners education on the role and importance, as well as the barriers encountered by nurse practitioners in the era of healthcare reform. Dr. Washington, thank you once again. Thank you so much for having me. I am your host, Dr. Renee Allen. To download this podcast and others in this series, please visit ReachMD.com. We encourage you to like, share, and comment on this episode. Thank you for listening to ReachMD. Be part of the knowledge.